Hello, everyone who's listening in. I am Leda. I am a dietitian and founder of Dietitian Your Way, a dietitian network empowering dietitians and nourishing communities. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jess. Uh, Jess is a registered dietitian nutritionist and supervisor to fellow dietitians under the brand Empowering Dietitians. She offers one-on-one and small group supervision services, self-paced courses and classes, and weekly Empowering Dietitians podcast show. Jess is also a certified intuitive eating counselor. She provides one-on-one nutrition counseling to individuals through a weight-inclusive, client-centered lens. I'm so happy that you're on here. I know we've connected in the past and um, love everything that you're doing for the dietitian community. And I'm so happy to have you on and talk about everything that you have to offer. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. So uh, let's start from the very beginning. Why did you become a dietitian? From very different reasons that I think I am a dietitian still to this day, if that makes sense. I think what brought me into the field has evolved over the time. Over time, um, What it really came down to was I had this insatiable curiosity mm-hmm. um, and I didn't even know what a dietitian was for okay. the longest time, but I was very curious about understanding the why behind things. So if, you know, you're quote unquote supposed to eat salad or broccoli because it's quote unquote healthy, like why, what does that mean? Um, and I wasn't really able to get concrete answers just as a teenager asking those questions to the yeah. people in my life. And I, I went to school, I actually majored in French from the start and oh. I wound up uh, being across the hallway dorm mates to a dietetics major. And I was like, oh, what's that? (laughs) Um, I I had no idea. And at the time I wasn't, I love language and I was really interested in French, but I didn't really want to be like a French teacher. I kind of just chose it to choose a major. (laughs) And I started thinking that summer after my freshman year more and more about what I wanted to do. And I kept coming back to this idea of health and nutrition and food. And that was it. I wound up switching majors and didn't really look back. Nice. And where did you do your internship? Uh, My internship was through Aramark in the Philadelphia area. Wow. I didn't know they offered an internship, actually. They do. They have it. It's considered distance. Um, So they have it across the country in a few different like major hubs. So I did it. I was able to do most of my rotations pretty locally, which was fantastic. Nice. And in the past uh, or in your experience of being a dietitian, because you've been a dietitian for over a decade, I saw that in your bio, Mm -hmm. um, which you you must have lots of experiences, different experiences. What have been your favorite ones? What have been your least favorite ones? So I came out of the internship and I went into supermarket dietetics and I was there for seven years. So from nice. 2013 until 2020. Um, so I've had that role. And then I've also had my business um, empowering dietitians, which I started in 2019 overlapping with the retail nice. field. So those are the two big experiences, I guess you could say that I've had. Um, and I love them both for different reasons. Obviously, I wouldn't have stayed in a role for seven years yeah. um, if I was downright miserable, um, yeah. if I could avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely say that working with other dietitians has been by far the most rewarding, fulfilling role that I've had so far. 
So you were working with other dietitians in the supermarket dietitian position? Unofficially, yes. So <laughs> I, in the supermarket role, I was primarily working with customers, uh, employees, coworkers, and yeah. the community. But because I was there for so long, um, and it's a job that tends to have a pretty high turnover rate, a lot of dietitians are there for one, maybe three years max. Really? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty high like entry level, get your feet wet, and then kind of move on kind of okay, role. Gotcha. Um, not that there aren't dietitians that stay there long term, yeah. but a lot of them do cycle. So I was definitely mentoring and training a lot of the newer dietitians as they onboarded and also having interns and students come in. And cool. that was what really started to spark my interest in working with colleagues. Nice. Yeah, because a lot of the times we as dietitians, and I know we talked about this offline, we end up in positions that we are just one. Yes. Right. And especially going, you know, getting out of our internship and um, out of schooling. I didn't realize, but when you look back, you know, I've, I've also been in dietitian for over 10 years, but when we look back, it's very isolating. It and is. nobody kind of tells you to lean on into the dietetics community or, or shows you how to do it. Yeah, there aren't really intuitive, clear-cut ways for doing it. And supermarket dietetics was no different. Um, at our height, I would I would say that I was one of maybe 150, 160 dietitians in the company, mm -hmm. but we didn't see each other all the time. I was working in a store by myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I would see a handful of them maybe once a month for a meeting. Two times a year, everyone would get together wow. for like a very large kind of convention meeting. But otherwise, you're really operating pretty solo. And that can be so challenging. And it mm -hmm. can bring up self doubt of like, am yeah. I doing this right? What are other people doing? Um, and it's also hard to kind of assert yourself when no one else in the facility is doing the work that you're doing. Yeah, I found it to be so hard. I used to work in dialysis. And mm -hmm. in dialysis centers, it's usually just one dietitian. Yep. And you meet just like you said, like once a quarter, if that you meet in person, mm -hmm. um, with the other dietitians in the, in the, in the, um, area, but, but yeah, I can be very isolating. So, yes. um, I'm glad that you have your platform empowering dietitians, which, you know, helps to bring dietitians together, root for each other. And we talked about this, we'll get into a little bit, uh, later, but, but yeah, I can be very isolating for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What made you want to create empowering dietitians? How'd you come up it with that idea? Sorry. It started from my own, I don't, I don't want to maybe rock bottom. Maybe that's an okay phrase to use. Mm -hmm. um, I, I call it my quarter life crisis, my Saturn return. I hit 26, <laughs> 27, and it kind of felt like my whole world was falling apart. Um, and just everything that I thought I wanted, I was calling into yeah. question. I didn't feel like I had a very strong sense of self. Like I had just been going through the motions of jumping through hoops and meeting society's yeah. expectations yeah. and being like what a dietitian is expected to be, being what a yeah. what a yeah young adult woman is quote unquote supposed to be. And uh, I just had this kind of light bulb moment of, I don't know who I am. I don't feel confident. I don't feel good. I feel like I'm working myself into the ground. I don't feel connected to who I am authentically. And I need to do something about that. So at the time, especially from the professional side, I mean, of course, personally, we can talk about therapy and self-care and all yeah. of the other things that we can do in those moments. But professionally, I didn't feel like there was a lot 
that was being talked about. You know, I was struggling with body image. I was struggling with my relationship with food. I was struggling with confidence and burnout and imposter thoughts, like all of the things. And it just didn't feel like anyone was talking about it. Mm -hmm. So between that and then over time, as I started to kind of work on myself and DIY these solutions together, because I didn't yeah. know where else to turn, um, I started to notice that the other dietitians and the other students that I was interacting with were experiencing very similar things. And so it was in that moment that I was like, okay, this isn't like a me thing. This is gotcha. a profession thing. Yeah. And um, exactly. And mm -hmm. I really wanted to start a private practice. And I was thinking like, okay, if I want to start a private practice on the side, who do I want to help? You know, it was the days of like niche down, identify your niche, figure out yeah. your specialty, all that stuff. And I kept coming back to like women and breaking free from kind of the societal mm -hmm. pressures mm -hmm. and how that impacts relationship with food and body and all of that. And when I started to really flesh out who this like quote unquote ideal client was, it really dawned on me that it was other dietitians, right? Like we're a predominantly female field. Yes. We struggle with a lot of societal conditioning yes. and systemic issues related to the fact that this is a historically and predominantly female field. Yeah. Um, and whether we're talking about body image or relationship with food, or we're talking about imposter feelings and burnout and hustle culture and our value and worth, I just started to realize that this was so much bigger than quote unquote, just nutrition counseling. It's my very long-winded story of how I got to where I am. No, I mean, all of that plays a role. So, I mean, yeah. and I'm glad you have that light bulb. But yeah, I remember even, you know, in my experience, I went through the same thing where it's like, I feel like there's a certain dietitian that I'm supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm supposed to eat perfectly and I'm supposed mm -hmm. to do this and do that and do this. And um, and I think as dietitians, especially when we get out of school, we have those those standards that we're like, well, no, we have to be this way, right? Absolutely. And you do, you can get pushback. You can get pushback mm -hmm. from random people who judge you of like, why are you eating that? I thought yeah. you were a dietitian. You can get pushback from other dietitians who yeah. will be like, well, shouldn't you know better or shouldn't you do this right. or that? Um, I've had people make very fat phobic um, and mm -hmm. intolerant comments about mm -hmm. dietitians who they don't think look quote unquote the part. Yeah, right, um, right. So it's not all just like made up in our head or no. self-imposed. There are a lot of external pressures and judgments mm -hmm. that we wind up then internalizing. Yeah. I know we talked chatted a little bit offline too about a couple of things that um that I think may affect our growth, you know, as dietitians. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that I had mentioned and you had mentioned as well was that it is a predominantly female field. Yep. Right. It's an uphill battle for us. in, like you said, various aspects in being a woman, um, but then we're also in a predominantly women, female. Um, yeah. And, and we can't ignore the way that our society and system influences that from our perception to just our historical roots as a profession. Even the fact, like when we talk about quote unquote imposter syndrome, um, when you look at the research, 
imposter syndrome, which I usually refer to as feelings or thoughts rather than a syndrome because mm-hmm. of this issue specifically, um, it predominantly affects women and even more so women of color. So the mm-hmm. more layers of systemic and societal marginalization that you experience or hold, mm-hmm. the more susceptible you are to imposter thoughts and feelings because yeah. it's not a problem with us. Right. We're just trying to exist in a system that literally is set up to doubt us. And we're we do have to prove ourselves. And that leads to us doubting ourselves more or feeling like we don't belong. And we do a lot of this like self-blame game because we're like, well, why am I not more confident when so much of it has to do with the fact that we were taught not to believe in ourselves and other people were taught not to take us seriously? Yes. Preach. Love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have nothing to say to that because you said right? it perfectly. It's just, that's why I'm so passionate about bringing these systems in. I know that sometimes it can make us feel uncomfortable to talk mm-hmm. about different yeah. systems, especially because it can feel so big and daunting and out of our direct control. But we exist within society. And that means that there are going to be certain pressures and conditioning and expectations and norms that do influence how we're raised, how we work, how we live, how we feel, how we interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, I, you said it perfectly. There's, there's nothing like, I feel like you're so great with words. I (laughs) love it. I love it. The things that I would love to express, um, you know, you're 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 expressing exactly what I would want to express. So thank I, you. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. I, I can get on a soapbox about this stuff and I do regularly. <laughs> yes, on your on your podcast. Always. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about that. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. How did you uh, start that. I, I listen to it. I love how you have guests on there and you yeah. talk about very specific topics that are to dietitians. So I love yeah. it. Um, I started it back in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so it was about a year into having empowering dietitians in some capacity. And it really came from, I love, I do love writing. So I do script out most of my episodes. So spoiler alert, I'm not always so like, quote unquote, great with words or articulate, like a lot of times I'm reading a script. Um, and that's also okay. That's okay. Um, yeah. And so I like writing, I love speaking, I love talking about more in depth topics. Like I think when it comes to social media, we're limited. There's only so much nuance that you can convey. And I wanted more than an Instagram caption to be able to talk about these big issues. And I wanted to be able to feature other dietitians too. So uh, it started out as an Instagram live series. I did like a beat the Sunday scaries interview series with dietitians every Sunday night, um, just to give dietitians a little pep talk to start their week. And that evolved then into the full-on podcast on a separate platform with both solo and guest episodes. I love it. Yes. And I was listening in. So you do provide a lot of great details and um, a lot of great information that boosts confidence um, in dietitians. So uh, yeah, it's great. You guys should definitely check it out. It's on, where's your podcast hosted? I saw it on Spotify. It's primarily through Spotify. So I use, uh, it's now Spotify for podcasters. It was formerly Anchor um, (laughs) for it, but it's available on basically any streaming app. Um, So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the things. Okay, very nice. Tell me a little bit about um, your experience in private practice. I think you're offering one-on-one services, right? 
Yeah. So I started my nutrition counseling through supermarket nutrition, which I probably wasn't expecting to do as much one-on-one counseling as I did in that role, but I wound up really loving it and thriving in that environment. So when I did leave the supermarket role, I took a few clients with me um, and had kind of a small practice on the side, but with how much energy I was putting into empowering dietitians, um, just in case anyone was wondering, building two businesses at once is not really a great idea um, <laughs> for burnout and and sanity. Um, so it really took kind of a backseat. But I recently joined the Nourish team, mm-hmm. um, which I will be starting soon, depending on when Exciting. this goes out. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into that to be able to work more directly in nutrition care, which is something that I haven't done as much over the past like year or so. Oh, yeah. It's going to feel like riding a bike, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it, there aren't that many differences in nutrition counseling and supervision because you're holding space, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we're talking about different topics in those sessions, but I'm still listening. I'm still validating. I'm still, um, again, like holding space and working with people as they come to me. So, uh, there, there are a lot of parallels between. Yeah, no, I'm sure. It's all about forming relationships as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about your services that you offer through empowering dietitians. Sure. Um, what does that look like? Like the one-on-ones, like the group counseling, what does that look like for a dietitian to enter in that space? It certainly evolved over the years and and it's always evolving. So I'm always taking feedback on what works and responding to the needs of different dietitians. So um, it, it may continue to evolve. I'm sure it will. It yeah. started off as just one-on-one. Um, and what that looks like is uh, I have a bundle of sessions. I don't typically sell one-offs because so much of supervision is about that relationship. Um, you have to learn to trust me yeah. and that can take some time. So, and a lot of the issues that we're dealing with as a profession are complex and invo- evolved. And yeah. um, I, I don't promise that I'm going to fix something in 90 minutes or something right now. Like yeah. So, uh, so you sign on for like small bundles of one-on-one sessions that we can work together on a specific issue. And it's really just a space for you to show up and be a human and to be messy and be vulnerable. And that could mean that you're struggling with burnout and you need help navigating that. That could be that you're really struggling with your confidence or what to do in a client situation. And we're working more on like case consultations that could look like you're in limbo in your field and you don't really feel comfortable in the role that you're currently working in, but you don't know where you want to go next or you're questioning your decision. So kind of anything related to the field of dietetics, I'm just someone who shows up for you and is that constant in your professional life where you can talk it out, you can get to the root of what you're feeling, and I'm not here to fix anything or tell you what to do. I really help you understand what you want to do and feel empowered to move forward in a way that feels aligned to you. Yeah. And we need that because a lot of the times, like we said earlier, it's like, we don't have that, you know, in our, in, especially um, as newbie dietitians, Yeah, as newbie dietitians, like 
it's a hard, it's a hard task the first few years as a newbie dietitian. It mm-hmm. is, it is. And I think we gravitate towards those like, well, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Um, but that's a recipe for living your life and building a career on someone else's terms. Yeah. And so I will periodically give advice when it's appropriate and it's sought, but ultimately I'm here to help you get connected to your values and to figure out what's important to you and then how to actually go out and live according to those values. I wish I had your services, you know, 10 years ago. I wish I had my services 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I wish because it would have helped so much. I felt like most of my career was like, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, no, my dream is to be in a a world, a reality where supervision is just normal in our field. It is something that is uh, normalized in the therapy space. So a lot of therapists regularly engage in their own supervision, but it's, it's not, we're not at that point in dietetics. So we need more supervisors. We need to kind of break down the mystery behind what it is. And also of course have conversations around accessibility in order to really make this something that more dietitians feel comfortable engaging in. Yeah, I agree. You know, and the the crazy thing too, is that like, you know, depending on what internship you have or what master's program you have, you can, you can have a completely different experience. Oh, absolutely. um, And come out as a completely different dietitian, right? It's not so streamlined. I know they have like specific parameters that they have to meet, but those experiences really mold us into what we're going to become the first few years as a dietitian. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think there should definitely be something like uh, community oriented and, um, supervision, right. So that, you know, if we have any questions, if we have anything that any doubts or anything like that, we can always reach, reach, um, reach out to that person. But in the meantime, at least we have you (laughs) and, and we can count on you to, to help, um, us through our careers. Yeah, I, I try. So tell me a little bit more about what services you offer. Yeah. So in addition to the one-on-ones, I um, also periodically run groups, which um, dietitians feel a little funny about sometimes. I think that we've had mixed experiences in community spaces in our field um, and might be a little bit nervous to go into that space. But kind of like we've, we've talked about, there isn't a lot of community, right? There isn't a lot, there aren't a lot of places where we can go to, to, understand that we're not alone. And what I found is that as much as I can say, oh, I have this other dietitian who is struggling with this and um, you're not alone and all of this, it is way more powerful for me to get those two dietitians in the same room or the same Zoom room Mm -hmm. and to be able to talk to each other, right? So there is so much power in having intimate, collaborative, supportive spaces that is really wonderful. So I really try to incorporate some sort of like group or community dynamic in as much of what I do as possible, whether that is like the group supervision or a Facebook group for my one-on-one clients or um, having like a, a live group workshop or something like that, where you can be interacting at least in like the chat feature while the class or course is going on, getting to know and responding to the other dietitians there. Yeah, that's great collaboration. I'm so working on it and I get it. I get how competitive our field has been and how ingrained that has been in our work. So I know that it's not easy, but I will say that when we come at it from a different angle and we can really start to 
reject all of those internalized hustle culture beliefs that taught us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That taught us the comparison game that taught us Mm -hmm. um, to feel inferior and all of those things. You wind up with a completely, I don't know if I want to say revolutionary, but a completely different group dynamic that is so healing compared to trying to just go at it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's also embracing what's on that authenticity as well, you know, because when you're, when you come into it from that perspective, you realize that you have a lot to offer regardless, you know, of anything else. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's great. That's awesome. The imposter syndrome, like that is so on point, so on point because, Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's like a constant uphill battle, I feel like. And in, and it's fun that you mentioned, you know, more so in minorities, but even just as women, like it's a mm-hmm. constant uphill battle. I think the internal chat that goes inside your brain constantly, it's like you have to be very well aware of what's going on up there. Otherwise, it's kind of like you're just going to let those thoughts basically run you. Yeah, well, that's that's a big focus of the self-paced courses and classes that I I host because, you know, one-on-one supervision is great to really form that relationship and we do different work. Of course, I can't do that same thing from a self-paced course, mm-hmm. but I can teach you more about the things that you're experiencing, whether it's mm-hmm. understanding imposter feelings and where they come from, understanding the different kind of types of burnout and where mm-hmm. those come from, and then helping you build awareness around your inner monologue, your interactions with other dietitians, your internalized beliefs, all of those things so that you can kind of start to do some of this work on your own. It's so powerful. It brings me back always to intuitive eating because it's it's always an internal work that's so powerful. Every once in a while, you'll hear me refer to it as like intuitive living because it really is kind of just rejecting the BS that is just ingrained on us Mm -hmm. all the time that we just like bathe in like soup um and to learn how to reject it and really get in touch with your authentic self as a dietitian there are so many parallels to that process um and it's also why i love encouraging if you are into intuitive eating um and weight inclusive care and stuff we can go bigger because diet culture is hustle culture. It's just one big loop. um, And we can do a lot more and extrapolate beyond quote unquote, just the food. Yep. 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 Yeah. I I find that with um, intuitive eating, when you, when you have a patient or a customer tap into that Mm -hmm. and they start to realize and, and their whole life shifts because then oh, it's yeah. like you're creating these boundaries you're creating this empowerment within yourself this authenticity within yourself and that is just going to relate into several aspects of your life as well absolutely food is food and body image become kind of gateways into these much larger conversations about how we exist in the world and how we relate with other people and so essentially the work that i do with dietitians is very much the same thing. Um, But we might not always be talking about food and body image. We (laughs) might be talking about, you know, careers and relations with other healthcare providers. I love it. I love it. And it's to find their true authenticity, to find where it is that they, they would like to exist, how they would like to exist. Exactly. That's awesome. It's very empowering. Thank you. Um, Let's review your profile on Dietitian Your Way and see what you got going on here. Sure. What up? 
All right, so we got you here. Beautiful picture, Jessica Romola, and certified intuitive eating counselor and dietitian supervisor. We have your about page and then your services, what you offer. Anything you wanted to touch upon uh, your profile? Uh, the only thing that I will say is that there are some differences in the services that I provide, of course, with dietitians versus, uh, you know, nutrition clients. I'm a little bit more location restricted with uh, nutrition clients, just from the nature of licensure laws and liability and all of those things. So I do see dietitians worldwide, um, mm -hmm. virtually, and then, uh, then nutrition clients. I'm licensed in Texas, uh, will eventually be licensed in New Jersey if New Jersey ever enacts their licensure law. And uh, I can see clients in states where licensure is not enacted. Nice. Very nice. I love it. Uh, any last words? Actually, before we get off, what advice do you give for aspiring dietitians? I want to say if I have to do like a soundbite, a like cliche soundbite is <laughs> trust yourself and like take the time to slow down and be with yourself. Mm -hmm. before we start trying to improve ourselves or work on our skills or uh, show up for other people, I think really having that space to get to know ourselves, reflect, take time, whatever you need to be like a whole ass human being mm -hmm. outside <laughs> of your career is going to make you a better, happier, more sustainable dietitian in the long run. Ooh, very unique advice. I love it. Yeah, it's very, very deep. I try. <laughs> what are some of your favorite foods? Your favorite dish? Uh, chocolate cake will always be up there. <laughs> uh, I've recently been on a chicken fingers and French fries cake. Nice. Um, so those those are always very much up there. Um, and uh, Jersey bagels. I mean, I'm originally from Philly. So like the Northeast bagels are, really? are beautiful. Yeah. That's a big thing up, up there. Bagels. Oh yeah. John, I, I can't, I can't, I can't eat a bagel outside of like the <laughs> Northeast area. I'm going to have to check that out. I actually didn't know that. Yes. If you're, if you're in like New York, New Jersey, again, I, I grew up in Philadelphia. So even Philadelphia, I throw that in there. I, bagels. They're, they're <laughs> wonderful. Awesome. Any uh, last words before we get off? No, just thank you so much for having me and to all the dietitians out there who might be listening. You're not alone. And awesome. whether it's me or someone else or a friend, uh, lean on other people. We, we need each other. We heal in relationship. Yep. And we need to root for each other as well. Absolutely. And get rid of this, you know, side hustle competition with one Compar another. Comparisonitis. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Thank you so much, Jess, for hopping on. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate all the work you're doing for the dietetic community and for patients as well soon. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Absolutely. I think that's it for, for everybody who's watching, listening, make sure you subscribe, like, and follow on YouTube and on our podcast, which is also on Apple. Um, but that will be all. Excellent. Thank you for having me.